The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. With hour number two on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Taking your phone calls right now for those of you on hold, hang out for a list for a minute as we check in with uh, one of my colleagues that I was on the front lines with with the New York Knicks when he was alongside me as a member of um, ESPN.com. He is now with uh, SNY as their basketball insider. Always good to talk to Ian Begley. Ian Begley, welcome. Larry, what's happening, man? How are you? It's good. I've been watching you on TV. I'm one of your biggest fans. Hey, it goes both ways, brother. Believe that. And uh, I miss being in the trenches with you, uh, covering those crazy Nick teams. Yeah, I hate I hate to have left you, but you've had a little more losing since I've left. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you had the Jets at that time, too, if I remember yeah, I was struggling. So. I was struggling. Your head was spinning. Yeah. <laughs> I was struggling, Ian Begley. Um, I want to, before I talk about the new folks coming in, I got to get your thoughts about this. Last night, yeah. it might have been you that asked the question. This was Mike Miller, coach of the Knicks, after was asked, how encouraging was Kevin Knox the second performance tonight? Here's what he had to say. We've been seeing the buildup to it. I mean, it's not everybody wants to see it just immediately, but, you know, we're seeing the small steps and and we've given him, you know, the things that we want him to to meet and to reach, which are, you know, elevated each time in the areas that we need him to do it. And he keeps hitting his numbers. He keeps doing the things, you know, that we're asking him to do. He's working at it. And and the biggest thing is, is he believes in it because he keeps bouncing back. He keeps coming back. He was outstanding tonight. Ian Begley, he played very well last night, but I'm going to be honest with you, and I want to get your opinion on this because you've been watching them every day. Ian, I'd rather Kevin Knox than Kevin Knox the second. The Kevin Knox from last year was much better than this year's version. (laughs) You know what? It's so interesting what's going on there with him because last year, Larry, he had the green light, right? Like he had so much freedom to play through mistakes, to take bad shots. He was getting a ton of minutes, and then this year – Obviously, the Knicks coming to the year, the goal is to win as many games as possible. So, Knox was on a short leash. You know, he was complete, competing with veterans for minutes, and he was getting pulled after uh, mistakes that he he wasn't getting pulled for last year, particularly on the defensive end. And, you know, if you ask the Knicks, we've asked them a lot about Knox. They say, as you heard Mike Miller talk about, that they feel that Knox has improved on the defensive end, and they feel like that that's important. And, you know, the offense, obviously, it's not where anybody wants it to be if you're a member of the organization or you're a Nick fan or you're Kevin Knox. But, you know, he said time and time again, he's not worried about his offense. He feels like his offense is there, his shot's there. Uh, he's proud of what he's done on the defensive end this year, the, the steps that he's taken there. And that's not, that's not stuff that shows up in a box score, right? That's not stuff that is going to jump off a page or, or make – the highlight package of a game, but I think what these coaches are saying is he's doing the little things more frequently now, uh, defending in the post well, challenging shots well, uh, being in proper rotation well uh, than he was last year, and that's what they say when they talk about the progress that Knox has made this year. And uh, let's rate some of these young Nick players. We talk about Knox. Alonzo Trier, I was surprised he didn't get any playing time. He played well in the last two games. I was a little shocked that he wasn't in the rotation. What has been the story with him? He was it's deep a, in the doghouse. It's surprising to me, too. You know, I can't make a ton of sense of it. I think that coming into the year, training camp, um, they had people ahead of Trier, 
and then David Fisdale started Trier and R.J. Barrett in the backcourt together uh, in San Antonio opening night, and you know the, those opening minutes were, were not great. And then he just got buried, and you know I think part of it is the, the people they have ahead of him at the position. Part of it is the idea that um, you know defensively he's not giving you what they want consistently. But honestly, quite honestly, where they are now, obviously the playoffs are are, are not even a question for this team. So where they are now, I don't understand why you wouldn't give more minutes to players like Dotson and Alonzo Trier. Whether it's, you know, 10 minutes, 8 minutes a night, just consistent minutes ahead of some of the veterans just to let them go and develop in-game and see what you have. So I'm surprised that at this point in the season, a guy like Trey is not seeing more time regularly. You know, is, is it time to end the Nilekin experiment? You know, I think if we're projecting ahead, right, I think mm-hmm. the most likely outcome here for Nilekin is – uh, a solid rotation player, a guy who can defend. You know we've been from him on defense night in and night out. He's an impactful defender, a uh, very strong perimeter defender, which is a valuable skill. What's going to make or break Milikina, in my mind, is if he can consistently knock down a perimeter jump shot and, and if he can get by a defender off the dribble. I think him knocking down a jumper consistently is more likely than him getting by defenders off the bounce. And I think if he gets to that point where he's knocking down the perimeter shot consistently, you know, he could be a valuable rotation piece in this league, a a part of a winning club. And I think based on what we've seen, uh, people would say that's what, you know, is the likely outcome, the ceiling for Frank. So, you know, when you say move on, I think, yeah, you move on from the idea that he's going to be, you know, top point guard in this league, uh, you know, a high-end starter. But I think he can be a valuable piece to a winning club. Uh, and I know he's one of the most polarizing players on this Nick team. But if you if you look at this thing objectively, I think that's where you land on Nelikina. It's the voice of Ian Begley, SNY Basketball Insider. You're listening to the Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Ian. Leon Rose is expected to come in and start working. What, what do we know about him? What can we expect from him in his role as a basketball god over at the Garden? Yeah, so very uh, well-connected, strong relationships throughout the league with the people that he's going to be dealing with as team president in, in terms of uh, executives from other teams, ownership of other teams. Um, so certainly from that perspective, uh, that's a plus. Obviously, no experience in this role for Leon Rose, but I think having those relationships and having a knowledge of the NBA uh, from all different perspectives which he gained in his role as you know a top agent in this league, I think that's incredibly valuable. I think what matters here now is who does he bring in underneath him in the front office? Obviously, who does he hire as head coach? But I think from a front office perspective, right, there's no salary cap on the front office. So mm. I, in my mind, what should happen here is you go out, you get the best of the best in each role, and you bring in experienced people underneath you, and that negates the lack of experience that, that Leon Rose brings to the job. And to me, that's one of the most important aspects of this this moving forward under Leon Rose. Who does he bring in? Does he bring in the right people? And are they all rowing in the same direction? Because so many times uh, with this team over the last decade or so, everything sounds great on day one when they hire a new president, new head coach. Everybody's on the same page. 
but then things kind of go sideways and, 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 you know, people kind of hide in their corners and then, you know, somebody gets fired. So it's a never ending cycle. Will that cycle end in Leon Rose? I don't know, but I do know that he is, he's well connected around the league. GM, will he bring in a new one? Do you think uh, there's any way that uh, Perry stays or is, is he done? I think Scott Perry and Leon Rose have a, a, a good relationship. Um, I don't think Scott will be the general manager for the Knicks. I wouldn't be surprised if Scott had a different role in the organization under Leon Rose uh, because of the mutual respect there. And, you know, Scott Perry, we, we know what the record is this year. Uh, we know what happened last summer. But I think one thing you have to give Scott Perry credit for, and also Steve Mills, the idea that, but, but a, a lot of it is Perry, the idea that, Looking forward here with the Knicks, there are no terrible contracts on the books here. They have all their first-round picks going forward, and they have a few extra first-round picks going forward uh, because of the Porzingis trade, the Marcus Morris trade. So this job, regardless of who would have taken it, whether it was Leon Rose or somebody else, this job was attractive to opposing executives uh, once the Knicks parted ways with Steve Mills because of that, obviously because of the market, but because – the table was set so nicely, and I think you give Perry credit there. And I just wonder if that kind of factors into Leon Rose's thinking with regard to keeping Perry on and, and maybe putting him in another role with this next team. Interesting. Ian, is, do we know if there's a philosophy that Rose has as far as what makes a good team in his mind, what, whether he's going to look at what he has here and say, okay, I know I need – Look, we know the Knicks need everything, but you can't get everything in one one season. So is he mm-hmm. is he a guy that says, okay, let me get three point shooters first? Is he a guy that says, let me get point guards first? Is he a guy that says, let me you know substantiate my front court, add some more depth? I'm keeping Randall, obviously. Obviously, I'm keeping keeping Mitchell Robinson. Uh, do we have any idea what is what, how he's going to attack this? You know, there's no track record, right? So there's nothing. It's not like Phil Jackson when you said, all right, we know this team's going to be running the triangle. We know they're probably looking for like a Ron Harper type point guard. We know they want a big who can play in the post. Like there's no track record with Leon Rose running a basketball team. So we don't have that. What I do know is at the deadline, the Knicks, one of the things they wanted to accomplish, regardless of what happened at the deadline, whether they were going to make a trade for D'Angelo Russell, you know, whether Kyle Kuzma was going to come, whatever it was, they wanted to have enough ammunition left to be able to pursue uh, a disgruntled star this summer and beyond if the situation presented itself. So they wanted to have enough picks, enough tradable contracts, enough cap space, whatever it may be, to be in the conversation if a, if a star player was going to be uh, upset at his current situation and ask for a trade. So I think that tells you, at the very least, that they want to be in the hunt for top young talent. If that, you know, Bradley Beal, whoever it is, mm. they want to be in the conversation for those stars. So I think, like all, you know, people who have run this organization prior to Leon Rose, they're going to be star hunting I don't know what kind of fit they're going to be looking for. I don't know the style of play, but they're going to be eventually going after the top players on the market. Uh, Ian, you left us for SNY. Is there a possibility that Van Gundy and Mark Jackson could be leaving us to go to the Knicks? (laughs) (laughs) I do know that, uh, you know, Mark Jackson has fans in the organization. I I can't tell you, uh, beyond Leon Rose's strong relationship with Tom Thibodeau, um, you know, I can't tell you much about 
uh, his thinking other than uh, speculating the way others have speculated about Thibodeau and Rose. You know, I know he knows uh, Van Gundy. I know he knows Mark Jackson. I know he has a good relationship also with uh, ex-Knicks head coach Mike Woodson. But with Jackson, with Van Gundy in particular, um, I I know that they have some backers in the organization. But it's hard for me to say what Leon Rose thinks about those two guys. I don't want to. Uh, mislead you, mislead the audience, but they are they do have some support in the organization. Last question, and I have to ask this, otherwise the Net fans are going to hang me. Uh, was <laughs> was D'Angelo Russell the main reason why that team seemed to play better defense? That, I know they've had injuries, but Ian, their defensive posture really has changed this season. They're not as tough as they were yeah. last season defensively. Right, I don't like D'Angelo Russell. Uh, in my mind, at least, and you know, you listen to scouts. I don't think he was known as a strong defender. So, Not at all. I don't know if it was Russell per se, but maybe it was just the entire team dynamic mm-hmm. last year. Uh, you know, they lost some veterans: uh, Demar Carroll, Jared Dudley, uh, at Davis. So, you know, it wasn't just Russell that exited. But, you know, maybe just the entire team dynamic. Kyrie, you know, not known as the, the strongest defender out there. And it's it is uh, it's surprising, even with the injuries that they've dealt with. I know they've gotten hit extremely hard with injuries. But even with that, the idea that the defense has been so porous over the course uh, uh, recently, I should say. And then just it, it leads you to wonder, like, what is this? What is the cast surrounding KD and Kyrie going to look like next year? Yeah. So many people in the league think that the Nets are going to make a big move because they want to add a significant talent around Kyrie and Kevin, and they have a bunch of players who are uh, on you know contracts that some people could say are team friendly. So they have tradable players, they have picks. You know, I, I just wonder what they do, what Sean Marks does this off season, and how much different this roster looks on opening night next year. The closer we get to the postseason and the draft and free agency, this is the guy you want to check out on SNY. He's Ian Begley. He is plugged in. Ian, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. Good talking to you. I appreciate you, Larry. Always great being with you. All right. Thank you, sir. Ian Begley, SNY Basketball Insider. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.